Alright. Let's wait for this to just fire up. <laughs> cool. Just gonna share this from my other page on Momento. <coughs> All right, there it is, people. Alright, inna alhamdulillahi wa kafah, salatu wa salamu ala rasulih al-mustafa, wa ala ibadih al-lazhin artada, wa man bihudahum ihtada, wa bi'athari ahli al-madina taqtafa, wa ba'ad, fa salamullahi ala al-qawm, ahlum wa sahlam bikum, wa marhaban, huan ying laita, bienvenidos a todos, pakhir raghli, khushamadid. And Swagatam, Swagatam people. Alright, so Ben Mo, alright, Dapa Dose, Ahlan Wasahlan, Ayub Al Maliki, Fraudy Frubbery, Riz. Alright, people, Mihente. Orale, orale. What's going on? Carlos. Alright, get Tal, hermano, que tal? Right, Muslim man, salam from Spain. Alright, así es. Así es, hermanito. That's what we're talking about. So, look at that. You got Mudathir all the way from Newcastle, people. Repping, repping Newcastle. That's what we're talking about. That's what's up, people. That's what's up. So... What is going on? What is bothering the awesome, fabulous people of Facebook? <laughs> What's going on in, in the lives of these amazing people? What are the what are our thoughts? What are some questions? Those of you just tuning in like you know press the like you know this one and press the share you know the the share this one this facade and fitten is more necessary that we spread this oh yeah so some people saying ah they missed me i missed you too Arrah! Bewa fight. Wait there, we've got a quote about Bewa fight straight away. Uh, if I can get back. Bewa fight in my zindagi continues. Oof, oof, oof. Mahatha. Somebody on Facebook is struggling. People with loyalty and disloyalty and oof, oof, oof. Bewafai, hi, hi, hi. In the words of uh, 
احمد فراز تباہ کرنے کے اور بھی کئی راستے تھے فراز نہ جانے انہیں محبت کا ہی کیوں خیال آیا اللہ 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 دس از دس دس وان ناٹ نائس دس وان سو وی گٹ سم ٹریجک لو اسٹوریز گوئنگ آن بٹوین اہل فیس بک or they they may not be love story yeah why am i assuming it's not like me to be <laughs> to be just judgmental in this scenario i sh- i ought to allow people to expand on their own circumstances allah 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 sometimes you see every If you think about it, people, everything, it's in your mind. It's how you see things. You give things value, you give things, you devalue other things. You, you associate emotions with certain experiences, with certain things, with certain people. You, everything is in the mind. Allah, Allah, Allah. As the... famous arabic uh, poet said za'amta annaka jirmun saghirun wa fiqanta wal alam al akbar you know you claim to be this small entity this why am why am doing that i've got no idea yari ishare kya ho rahe kuch samajh mein nahi aa raha no lo sé no lo sé but You claim to be this small entity, yet within you is this great cosmos, people. Allah. And that reminds us of the words of the legend of the Urdu language, Mir Taqi Mir, who says in a line of his, in a poem, famous poem of his, that that this is not restricted that this ain't you <laughs> that you ain't the one doing it that tujhi pe ebut nahi munhasir he's addressing an idol here but we know that when they used to use the term idols they were refer like an actual statue but they would refer to obviously goddesses of beauty samjha karo yaar they were referring to women obviously in the nowadays in political correctness we have to say they were referring to they non binary it could have been it could have been non binary it doesn't even have to be anima it could be inanimate it could have been a statue it could have been a he she they <laughs> it but in their time they were referring to women so he says tujhi pe nahi e but munhasir jise humne pooja khuda kar diya <laughs> he says it's whosoever we devoted ourselves to in worship it became god look at the just just get into the depth of what mir taqi mir sahab is saying oh this this wow that's a way to begin people that's a way to begin with mir taqi mirza did you memorize jazariya nah i didn't memorize jazariya 
ये तो काम की बात हो जाएगी यू नो इफ आई डिड समथिंग यूजफुल इन माई लाइफ दैट वुड है काम की बात तो मैंने की ही नहीं ये मेरा तोरे जिंदगी ही नहीं अल्लाह एज जॉन इलियस इज दैट आई डेंट इवन स्पीक अबाउट वॉट वॉज एवर इम्पोर्टेंट दैट वो जस्ट वॉज माई स्टाइल वॉट आल्स इज गोइंग ऑन वॉट आल्स वीव गॉट पीपल ट्यूनिंग इन क्लिक लाइक क्लिक शेयर पीपल स्प्रेड लेट द fitan and facade again you know i came across uh, somebody forwarded to me a sound clip an audio note Pr- presumably something being transmitted or <laughs> transmitted might as well be because it's all, it's uh, it's like an infection but something uh, that may i don't know whether it's viral or being shared across whatsapp so it's a voice note and somebody warning against me <laughs> so i played it it's just a short um i mean the person doesn't even say i i was waiting for something juicy something yaar kuch mazedar you know something with a bit of masala and this the person just says oh i have to warn against this guy called abu laith because abu laith is a great fitna and abu laith is he's uh you know he's far away from islam and he's on facebook and he's on social media and he's teaching people and so i have to warn against him so i'm thinking all right get on with it kuch tell us something digame kuch to you know you with you, you're getting impatient but you you want to say it with respect so you're like bonkier just like kindly bark <laughs> if you just bark it out for us please so i'm thinking kuch bhonke to say you know say something but nothing just oh this person is a fitna you know we should warn against him don't ever listen to no no don't ever listen to him so i was like what a disappointment and that was it that was it I was like yeah come on I'm worthy of a, a, a bit more of a refutation than that <laughs> yeah. these people are making my standards go low you know this this one not nice you know <laughs> why do you put al haj ahmed nudrubah nudrubah says why do you put on chain and earring i thought it is haram for the man to just put on those <laughs> well i mean maybe if the man just put on the earring and the the earring and the and the chain and not put on anything else <laughs> then it be the haram <laughs> cuz he'd be like well <laughs> i'm here with the earring and the chain and i've got nothing else on <laughs> But in this case it's perfectly fine my dear friend. <laughs> Don't worry your your <laughs> your kind soul. It's okay. Uh this is a question here. 
what do you think of the statement of Ibn al-Arabi al-Adalat or al-Mu'adilat liman la shughlala or is it I think is it meant to be al-Mu'adilat or adalat adalat don't sound right but uh no idea I've not come across that statement but if it's mu'adilat then it means like those problematic philosophical issues that that are really difficult to comprehend and adalat means muscles <laughs> and I doubt it you know 800 years ago or 900 they were worried about muscles I just doubt it <laughs> so Sheikh Asrar is a lion, big lion. Yes, that one, big lion, you know, big lion, my friend, my beloved Sheikh Asrar. Speaking of Sheikh Asrar, gee, <laughs> so Sheikh Asrar, uh, somebody sent me a clip of, uh, not a clip, but they sent me a whole, I don't know whether it's an interview or is it a discussion. But it's with Sheikh Asrar and uh, Dilbar Hussein. Dilbar, <laughs> Dilbar, Dilbar. So Dilbar Hussein, who runs the Five Pillars, um, what is it? The the Muslim version of the failed abortive Muslim version of Daily Mail. So they're having some kind, and I'm just, you know, more than anything, I'm so, I'm, th I'm just so amused by, by the kind of amorous relationship going on here between these two. <laughs> it's like, yeah, forget everything else. What's going on here? <laughs> like, what? How are these two, <laughs> one, uh, you know, nutcase, Hizbut Harir? We've got to conquer the world, global caliphate, uh, Osama bin Laden, my sheikh. The other, Abrilvi, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so, but they seem to have uh, kindled a spark. Nice. This one, nice. This one, Ummah. Not mwah. I never said mwah. I said ummah, ummah, ummah connection. Yari ummat, ummat se ummat mil <laughs> The ummah is is meeting each itself. So it's so they've got some kind of a discussion, <laughs> which honestly, with all due respect, this <laughs> I mean the monotonous speaking style of my beloved Sheikh Asrar. It's so fantastic if you want to fall asleep. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like at a monotonous hypnotic trance level. So yeah, but anyway, somebody kindly sent me, if you forward it to this point, they're talking about you. So I said, ah, oh, well, all right, then. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. So, so I had a listen and they're basically just speaking about debates. Do you feel there ought to be room for debate? And Sheikh Asrar is saying I, that he told me 
that he can have a better debate with an atheist than he can with me. And he can have a civil dialogue with an atheist, but yet I can't be civil with him. <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah. Are we are you playing deja vu with us here? Because if you recall, I was the one that actually pleaded with you to have a dialogue. And you refused to have a dialogue. And I've got it on camera, the whole thing's recorded. I was begging you that look, please, let's just have a dialogue, let's have a conversation. Like, no, we will have the Indian style debate. I talk for the 10 minutes, you talk for the 10 minutes. I said, look, let's just have a conversation. No, no. And I totally don't get that. And by the way, off camera, when he switched his camera, our camera was still on. <laughs> but his camera was off. He became really cool and chilled out and started talking. And so, and now he was saying, well, you know, he told me that I don't have the ability to have a dialogue. I thought, wow, hamari cat, hum attack. This is, so a dialogue, of course, a dialogue would be awesome. I'm all about dialogues. The problem is these guys are not trained to have dialogues. They don't know how to have a conversation. I mean, in front of a non, like he said, oh, I've had a dialogue with a non-Muslim. He hasn't. Even there, he's just done a debate style. He's just gone there and spoke, and the other guy spoke. And because it doesn't matter, really, because all the, the people watching are just his crowd, so he doesn't really care. But obviously, if he's going to have a conversation with me, he's worried that he has to come out looking strong, like he has to. Otherwise, you know, he's going to be humiliated or embarrassed or... Um, yeah, so, anyway, <laughs> I, I think I'm always here to talk, but it's got to be a dialogue. And the problem is these people can't have dialogues. They don't know how to, they just have to shout, have to, I have to win. <laughs> I have to win this point. And it's like, relax yourself. If you're confident, you should be able to just say, yeah, quiz me. I'm confident. I know what I believe in. So if you want to exert a belief on other people, then you should be confident in saying, yeah, sure, ask me about this, whatever you like. Now, right, what else is going on, people? That reminds me, uh, well, we've had a, a very pleasant meetup with, with uh, Viduvids. And Haris Sultan, those of you that remember, I had a dialogue with Haris Sultan uh, over via on YouTube via Google Hangouts, and that was in Urdu, and it went on for several hours. Well, Haris Sultan is in the UK; he's visiting Europe, and so he's in the UK. So he reached out to me, and I said, "Well, definitely pop down, yeah, come down. Don't worry about it." And so he came down, uh, Vidovids as well. First time I met Vidovids. Um, although I was in touch with him, but not actually met yet. And we had a, an awesome evening, as always, li live and unrestricted people. 
<laughs> so basically, <laughs> I've I've been compromised now. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. So he was there and he did a bit of uh, recording as well. At first it was just off camera, just chit chat, jokes, humor, things like this. I think it was a great, uh, you know, evening. It was um it was really awesome to meet to chat and there were some important things that were discussed as well to do with muslims non-muslims ex-muslims how do we think um somebody said what's the deal with you and vids i don't know what's the deal <laughs> what is the deal i mean it came down we had an awesome uh, discussion dialogue uh i think maybe about 40% of it was they was recording so they recorded um they made the videos and they're going to edit it and then they'll release it i'm sure um but the rest of it was obviously off cam as it is always <laughs> that kind of humor is just way too much people i can't if if i put that kind of humor out there <laughs> then no everybody will be like toba 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 Everybody would just become like from the muttaqin. <laughs> so yeah, so we can't obviously tr <laughs> we can't expose ourselves. But uh, yeah, so th but there were some really interesting points that were discussed. Amongst them, I'd like to share some of the 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 points, the highlights, and this was on camera. So it was recorded. There was a thing about, well, what do I feel? What is my feeling or attitude towards ex-Muslims? And I said, look, I think that ex-Muslims is, it's an inevitable phenomenon. It's something that, you know, whether people like it or don't like it, it it's there. It's part and parcel of the world in which we live. And it's growing. In fact, just today, somebody forwarded I haven't got it on this phone because I'm I've got one of my devices up here for YouTube live. Those of you on YouTube, by the way, if you want to ask questions, you can just um, pop onto Facebook and ask them there. Now, uh, there was there's a, a billboard that's gone up in America, I believe, today, and it's part of a new ex-Muslim campaign. And I think it's their first major uh promotional campaign uh, and it was it's got a, it's this huge billboard uh with um i think there's a bunch of people on it and they seem to be kind of hurdled together and laughing or whatever and and it says uh godless fearless ex-muslims or something like that i might have misquoted it because i don't have it in front of me and so this is part of the coming out campaign, right? So, and I think there's going to be a lot more of this. Um, now, I, and I was asked, what do I think about this? And I said, look, to me, my, my these things don't bother me personally at all in a negative way. I, I mean, um, if people want to be Muslim, if they don't want to be Muslim, to me, that is their personal choice. I don't believe that uh, Islam is obsessed with their with their faith. 
So the way I see it, the Quran is quite, um, you know, it's 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 very secure with itself. It addresses people, man yu'min, man It says, la It addresses people as in, this is it. If you want it, take it. If you don't, it's up to you. If people don't want to be Muslim, to me, we should never force them to be Muslim. That would be going against the, the core message, the integrity of Islam. Um, so, and as far as what should our attitudes be towards ex-Muslims, I feel that our attitude should be, and I said this there as well, and I've said it before, should be one of communication, should be one of having bridges, um, it should be one, a human connection. Look, we've got to understand that people that take these decisions, they take them because of something. Okay, something has happened. So with some of these people, there's been suffering. With some of these people, they've uh, had religion or maybe some not good interpretations of religion imposed on them and they became fed up um to some of these people they've had uh, they've faced what they felt was like a theological dilemma that it doesn't make sense to them and they've asked often they do ask certain molanas and people like this who fail to answer them so they get yeah, so now they think, well, that doesn't really make sense to me. So I'm going to leave like it doesn't. And they feel compelled to kind of like abandon or live a lie. And often there are answers. And I said, look, I feel I'm very uh, stable, very secure with my own Iman. I don't feel that I'm not insecure by anybody asking me anything about Islam. Look, I may I may have the answer to your questions. I may not. But. To me, Islam is a faith that is that is based on reason, um, and I do I, I'm, I advocate for the primacy of reason, and I don't feel that Islam would ever fall short in providing an answer. That said, I do feel that some people's interpretations may fall short, but that's their interpretation. I don't feel it's Islam as a whole. And this is where we sometimes create a problem as Muslims because we narrow and constrict our interpretation to be the only interpretation of Islam of that particular issue. Then when that interpretation fails, we face a, we face a crisis. So uh, that is what I uh, feel is, in my understanding, the, the you know a response so yeah so i said that and um and, and i maintain that and then some people have said so this followed on to another question that haris sultan had asked me and i i'd like to share it here as well he said look many people when they become ex-muslim they get persecuted so the response to this um <clears throat> is that we need to normalize apostasy or ex-Muslimness uh, in order for people to accept it. And so I encourage people to to kind of come out. That was one part one of this statement. 
which is his strategy, his thinking. Uh, and part two, he said, look, in order to normalize the, 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 the freedom to question faith and the freedom to blaspheme, that some ex-Muslims have encouraged blaspheming. So it normalizes it. So we had a little discussion on this, and I, I said that, look, I disagree. Um, I do agree that human beings have freedom of speech, okay? I recognize that there is a caveat. There is, uh, you know, propriety issues there. Like, obviously, you uh, looking at your context, you'll speak with sensibilities and sensitivities. I, I understand that, but that aside, I do feel that there is freedom of speech, and if non-Muslims, or if people wish to satirize Islam uh, or mock it or make fun of it, I don't feel that, I, I wouldn't like it as a person because I'm a Muslim naturally, it, you know, I won't like it, but I feel that they have the freedom to do so. I don't feel that Islam would say, oh my God, why did you satirize me, kill them, kill the kuffar. I don't believe that that's the approach of Islam. I do feel that they have that freedom to do so. Although it's not a sensible thing, I would feel that a critique is constructive, it's better. You know, if you want to critique Islam, fine, that's positive. If you just want to take the mick out of Islam, um, you know, I feel that you, it's not that you have that freedom, but it's, it's kind of, um, it's a very poor way of going about things. And I, and I mentioned that, look, if people blaspheme openly and you just encourage blaspheming, like let's all insult the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. Let's say if there's this kind of a campaign. You see, all that will happen is you will just, obviously you're going to offend millions and millions of people around the world. Now, many of them are suffering from their own issues. Because Muslims currently, in this day and age, are on the back foot. Muslims are in a very kind of, um, you know, they're on a receiving end. They're on the back end of, of what's being done onto them. So many countries, they're being, you know, they're impoverished. They've got poverty issues. They've got other issues, internal crises, civil war, uh, you know, you name it. Around the world, Muslims, by and large, are going through a pretty rough time. Now, these circumstances create a very disheveled mindset. Like you're not going to get, uh, you know, when, when a person has, like, let's say Kashmir, what's going on in Kashmir right now, uh, you've got, you know, a complete, you know, they've blocked off all communications, torture, beating, harassment, killings. Um, you know, you could look at Burma, you could look at the, the Rohingya crisis, you could look at Yemen right now, what's going on. You could look at other parts, the Middle East, Iraq, Syria, Palestine. Obviously, a lot is going on. Now, my point of saying this is these people are not right now in a very healthy state of mind, which is understandable that when people are going through stuff, they're not in the most, you know, they're not in the, at their optimum to... To have, oh, oh, I understand, this is your freedom. Then they're, they're not at that state. You're basically speaking to people who, by circumstances, are at a mob 
state of mind. So by doing things like blaspheming, you're going to enrage a mob who will then do things in retaliation. Now, then, see, like, they, they may attack you, they may lynch you, they may do something, and which is wrong to do that. They, they, they shouldn't attack you, they shouldn't do these things, but people will, because that's the current state of mind. Now, if, if you're going to provoke them in that state, and they're not the most apprehensive of the kind of reactions, and they you know, hurt you or they do something. And then that's going to be a confirmation bias for all ex-Muslims that, ha, we told you so. Non-Muslims don't have any sense. They're just like animals. They're just like this. They're just like that. So I, I just feel that's a very vicious circle that just, you know, it just spirals down and down. Uh, so I would really speak against and advise against passionately, avidly against just trying to blaspheme for the sake of normalizing dissent. Um, because I, I think that it's it's really counterproductive. So that was my, uh, you know, my piece, uh, my advice that I, I said to Haris Sultan. Um, and generally, I say to ex-Muslims everywhere, although I do support the right, the freedoms, I do believe in freedoms. Okay, so... Allahu Akbar. Speaking of Haris Sultan, Ahlan wa Sahlan, we've got Haris Sultan in the house. Ahlan wa Sahlan, Ahlan wa Sahlan, marhaban. So we're just going over some of the points, Haris, uh, that I thought are definitely worth sharing. So that was one point I was just speaking of, that I do believe in the rights for freedom. But that said, in order to normalize dissent, I don't feel it's a good idea to... Um, blaspheme because of just the current state of mind and the reactions so that's an important thing i think we had some very fascinating theological discussions as well on things like reality what is truth what can we apply truth claims to i thought that was a very fascinating discussion um whether and it doesn't you know these discussions don't mean that the just because i say i think uh that the discussion is fascinating it doesn't mean the other person has to be convinced uh haris is saying salamu alaykum wa alaykum as salam uh it doesn't mean that the other person is convinced it just means that i thought it's a very interesting discussion and i did provide because this they vidu vids had asked me at one point that look yes you say that religion provides meaning to people which it does uh but does that, you know, but does, that doesn't make it true. What's to, you know, we're more concerned with the truth rather than just feeling good or having meaning or having satisfaction. And I thought that's a, a very good point. But I did address that. You see things like the terms like truth. When applied to religion, as it is in a, in a question sense, that is religion true? I said is actually, I feel in many ways, an improper question because it becomes difficult to assess religion. Because when we ask is something true, as in true or false, we have to be able to falsify that, um, that whatever it is in question. So things like is God, for example, does God exist is, is not really a falsifiable question. It's, you know, 
we don't know. Nobody really knows. Nobody can say God does exist. Nobody can say God doesn't exist. As in with certainty. As in proof with proof. So I feel the question that is this true, that is that is not, it's an improper questioning. Okay, it's not, it doesn't belong to that realm. Um, and I feel that that, um, we did get into some technicalities and we got into certain things about reality and, and it was quite uh, fascinating. Um, I spoke of things like, uh, look, when we look at reality, what is even reality? Because when we think about it, you know, how that reality, if we speak objectively, if we're trying to be as objective as possible, it isn't what it seems to us that it isn't and I, I think we kind of almost got lost in at one point in this point on sound where i spoke about because i said i said if you ask the question is music true it would just sound absurd what does that even mean is music true and in a similar way it's because it doesn't it's not a it's an improper question so i thought that was very good and and i think we we kind of got lost on that point but just in case you guys ever hear it what i was trying to say with things like sound and things like music is that you see they don't have an actual existence like that that things like music or sound are vibrations in the and pressure that is atmospheric pressure it's in the atmosphere but it's how our aural and auditory uh, modalities receive it that we read it as sound so that was the 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 kind of um, point that i was trying to 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 make it's like saying that you see because people confuse the pressure must be categorically sound but must it or is it that our auditory devices are designed to pick up pressure and interpret it as sound so is the pressure in and the vibration in and of itself sound or is that the the, re, the end result subject to interpretation an example is like neurotransmitters in the brain are they ideas like when we have ideas neurotransmitters fire but the neurotransmitters and the activity the neural activity in and of itself is not the idea that exists in our mind it's not like you could fire the same neurons in somebody else's brain, but it, you couldn't produce that idea that these that these things, they, there is this obviously that there's a huge overlap with them. But it's are they the same thing is the question. This is a deeper question. And I thought that that's uh, and I think we when we were discussing it, I think we were kind of missing each other on the point. Me and Vidu Vids on that. Um, but that's what, what what was the the summary of it um and of course and by the way harris who's in the house here this does not mean by the way people that when when i say this is a really good discussion or i think i've got some good points that the other person has to be convinced not at all and and i think we clearly disagree on things but that's not a problem and likewise much love right back at you harris um i feel that look the important thing is that we can discuss. Look, you can sit in front of me. A person can sit in front of me. Ask me anything. Look, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. <laughs> I don't have infallible knowledge, but I'm confident that I will at least try to answer. If I can't answer, I will try and look into the answer. But I feel confident about the faith, and you may feel confident, another person, that the faith doesn't make sense and isn't true. But we can still have a humane discourse. You know, I'm not like kill the infidel, <laughs> and and this is the only way forward people it's the only way forward and i shared an anecdote by the way speaking of things like apostasy rulings i mentioned that in muslim spain in the time of abdurrahman ii who was the the caliph um, there was an incident and you can google this and read up on it and i cover it in my uh, history on al-andalus course that there was an incident where there was a string of Christian uh, martyrdom efforts where Christians wanted to become martyrs. So what they would do is they would just go up to a royal guard and for no reason, unprovoked, they would just stand there calmly and just insult the prophet. Uh, and then they would ask to be arrested and ask to be executed. Now, one Christian was a uh, monk was arrested and, and I, I think he may have been executed. And it triggered a whole string of of these kind of events. So there were just people randomly turning up and they would just calmly, no, they would just turn up to a royal guard and they would just blaspheme or they would turn up to a local judge. They would blaspheme and just ask to be executed. So the caliph, because the royal guards reported this to him, he didn't understand that. It didn't make any sense that a person would want to be killed. So he asked some of the key leading scholars they used to have as a state. They had a leading uh, Sharia council um, of the leading judges. Uh, and they were Maliki and they asked them that, look, what's this about? And they, they just said immediately suspend the blasphemy punishments. Because this doesn't make any sense. It's counterproductive that these people are coming to be executed. I mean, this was a very long time ago, um, but I'm just giving you an example. Okay, this was, uh, and it's Abdurrahman II, by the way, it's in his reign that the Vikings uh, attack, they reach Cordoba, uh, Cordova. So the incident when the Vikings come, it's during his reign, which is an interesting story in and of itself. But coming back to this point, so that was something worth noting. And I feel that, uh, and I think there's a point where all humans, you see, there's a point where we reach a kind of brink where we don't have some answers. And, and I think that's an, an important realization as well. So there, there was a part of the discussion, um, Vidu Vids uh, and I and, and Haris Sultan, we were discussing and there was a point of, look, well, you know, if God had done this, it doesn't really make any sense. He could have done a better job. He, he could have done this better or he could have explained this better. And, 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 and I, I think these criticisms aside, I think people have valid points that could have answers and do have answers. But this aside, you see, just building to the conclusion, if we can just keep going. And it says, well, look, this doesn't make any sense. Therefore, ergo, there isn't a God. Um, and I feel that fine, fine, let's roll with that. However, with that in mind, 
You see, that too doesn't make any sense. Like, the fact that everything is just so random, but that we, not only our existence, you see, it's not just being, but the intelligibility of being. That being inherently is intelligible. This is an... This in and of itself is, 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 is such a wow-striking factor that being, being in and of itself has intelligibility. I don't just mean that we are intelligent, but that things were to be understood. The intelligibility of being to just be totally random and have no answer is also equally kind of like that also that totally doesn't make sense either so it's i understand from one angle we're saying look this doesn't make any sense so no there wasn't a god fine but then the angle that looked but there is no god and nothing and everything is random cohesion of coherence of matter and the and all this has just emerged and there was nothing anyway uh, and nothing is nothing and and equally makes no like it's equally absurd, and, and I feel that that's an, an interesting um, kind of stalemate scenario, that's all. So people, that was a, a bit of a summary, and there was another point as well, which is worth mentioning. There was a, an interesting point where Vidovids had mentioned that Loki, um, there were certain things that didn't settle well with him when he was a Muslim, like the virgin birth. And I did mention this, that I've got a very detailed video on... Uh, YouTube, where I respond to Sheikh Yasser Qadi about the virgin birth and mention that the Quran actually nowhere explicitly mentions a virgin birth for Jesus. And I do mention some of the scholars like Mawlana Abdul Karim al-Athari and others who who felt that there was no virgin birth of Jesus. His uh, Sheikh, um, you've got uh, Inayatullah Wazir Abadi and you've got a few, several other uh, scholars who were of that understanding, um, who, who felt that there was no virgin birth, that this was something, one could say that the Quran, one could say that you can infer that, like by reading it, I, between the lines reading this, I can guess that. But Allah never once ever said in the Quran that, uh, that this was a virgin birth for Mary. The verse that she says that, how can I have a child and I've not yet been touched, did not mean that she remained like that. Just as when Allah says, uh, when the angel says to the wife of Abraham, and she, she says, how can I have a child uh, and I've reached this age? It doesn't mean that she had all of a sudden a non, there was no intervention of a male. Just as with uh, Zachariah, when the same thing, when he says, well, how can I have a child and my wife is barren? Uh, and the angel says, well, Allah has decreed it. So, so three women are given glad tidings in the Quran about having a child when it seemed uh, when it was unlikely. It doesn't mean the two of them. It's deaf. Nobody claims that there was no that it was there was no male intervention in there. They all feel that there was male intervention. It's only with Mary they feel this because of what's uh, from the Christian heritage. And we've got to understand that the Christians 
did not say this because they felt it was a miracle. The reason they felt that, and it was not in Jesus's lifetime, it was after his lifetime, almost a century after, that this virgin birth concept became popular. And that was because they feel that it's the male semen that carries the original sin. So they wanted Jesus to be born sinless. So it's not to do with a miracle. It's not for them to do with the miracle. For them, it's that so the original sin cannot be transmitted to Jesus. And Mary was born with the immaculate conception. So she was born free of sin. And then Jesus didn't have male semen, according to Christian uh, theology. So he could be safe from the original sin. This is why the Christians went down that road, not because of what we might think. Like some Muslims think, oh, they said this because of they wanted him to be the son of God. That's not what they actually write in their books. So uh, I did mention and that mo people like Mawlana Abdul Karim Al-Athari and other people in their tafsir, Urwatul Wuthqa, mention that uh, that that Mary, because everybody accepts Mary was married to Joseph, that they say that Joseph just wasn't, he wasn't, he just wasn't inclined intimately. It's not that he had anything, he had nothing wrong with him, but he just wasn't so sexual as a person. And this is why she says that how can I have a child when I've not yet been touched? But Abdul Mawlana Abdul Karim al athari and he was of a Ahlul Hadith background, Salafi background, um, and he writes in his tafsir, as does his teacher, who has a whole book dedicated to this, called Uyunu uh, Zamzam Fi Wiladat Ibn Maryam, that they speak about that, um, and it's the same thing that Mawlana Allama Tamanna Imadi and other scholars write about as well, that it was that, uh, this kind of him being inclined intimately and sexually towards her after that is what, if you want to call it a miracle or if we mean within natural uh, sources, that's what it was. It wasn't the fact that, oh, uh, you know, it was there was no male intervention. This is what these ulama have said. And so my point of saying this is that there was diversity and is within this position. People want to believe in a virgin birth. They can. It makes no difference to the Islamic discourse. Um, Jesus, alayhi salam, is who he is with or without. You know, most prophets, no other prophet had this kind of virgin birth, but he's still a prophet. So, you know, it doesn't detract from the status of Jesus in any way. Right, so I hope that makes some sense. Right, let's... Somebody said, Brov, the Almighty can do anything. Uh, yes, he can. But then in that case, in that case, what you see, why take the natural... Why does she have to go through a pregnancy? Why, why not just, there's the baby, here's the baby. Why does she need to get pregnant and... And go away and why does she need that because the almighty can do anything so why does he need to make her have a natural way which is and 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 so and it doesn't make much sense that if you ask what was the reason of not having male intervention like what is the reason that that jesus is born without what what's the purpose of this miracle 
because it makes no there's no sense to it what's the purpose it has no objective okay for christians so the original sin of adam doesn't get transmitted what about for muslims what's the purpose of this it doesn't and so uh the reason is that it's just that this you see when you hear this it will come as a shock and your first reaction will be to kind of react negatively towards this. But if you think about it, it'll actually make sense what I'm saying. Nevertheless, I'm not saying you need to believe that. I'm just saying it's an opinion of many ulama um, within Ahlul Sunnah. And, and there you go. Right. So uh, somebody said, what if our interpretation turns out to fail on the Day of Judgment? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I, I really think, you see, I think people, this is another problem. We have a very narrow image or an understanding, a perception of God. We think of God as some kind of, uh, I don't know, like uh, our image of him is almost like somebody with the personality of, of a teenager. Like all, you know, very impatient, easily angered, moody. Uh, non-understanding doesn't have like we can get it but god doesn't fully <laughs> it's like obviously we'll get we're going to get this interpretation duh but god <laughs> that's a tough one <laughs> god might not get it it's like what is your perception of god like, why do you think so low of God? Why do you think that your head, your intellect can grasp this, but God is going to struggle? Like, mm, God's going to be like, mm, you know, Occam's razor. <laughs> right. So I think we really need to raise our understanding to think that, look, if ever in life we can understand something, God can most certainly understand it. Right. So we need to stop this. You know, oh, uh, you know, if I turn up with the wrong interpretation, God's going to be like, mm, well, since, you know, <laughs> who told you to aim so high? <laughs> Can you imagine that as a response? Who told you to aim so high? <laughs> Don't you know those interpretations were out of your league? <laughs> right, so... Right, so somebody says there's no mention of the father of Jesus. Yeah, but there's no mention of the father of Moses. There's no mention of the father of... Not mentioning something doesn't mean it does not exist. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. You can watch my detailed video on that if you like. Uh, right, so what else? What's your take on exorcisms? Exorcisms are basically are just in people's minds. They do not exist, people. Uh, what I mean by that is exorcisms are demonic possessions that a jinn has come in someone. Oh, and the jinn has... <laughs> the jinn has taken over this person. And all the jinn does by taking over this person is make him make these kind of like, like kind of handicapped features. <laughs> That's the best the jinn can do. It's like, this is what the jinn does. It comes in a person and makes them look all kind of handicapped. And then that's all. And then it just, 
No, sorry, it ruins their relationship. It always wants to ruin. <laughs> and they're always obsessed. They're obsessed with the women now. They, they're like, oh, I'm obsessed with that woman. It's like, why would they be obsessed with women? Like, they are an entirely separate kingdom. They're an entirely separate domain. They're not even, we're not talking about just species. It's like, imagine if you looked at viruses, or you looked at bacteria, or you looked at, I mean, would it make sense for the bacteria or the virus to say, oh, I'm in love with that. <laughs> These are totally different entities. They're nothing to do with human beings. Once again, just projection. Right, so, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. Some people are saying that some prophets have had their names mentioned, the father's names mentioned in the Quran. Look, some prophets have had their father's names mentioned in the Quran. You've got Yaqub, Ishaq, Ismail, you've got Ibrahim, you've got some prophets have had their father's name, but not all of them. I mean, most of them probably haven't. There's, you know, who's Nuh salam's dad? Just because you don't know Nuh salam's dad's name doesn't mean he didn't have a dad. It's, how dumb can Muslims get? Like this is the, this is the. I can't even believe I, I'm answering that question. <laughs> if you don't mention his dad's name, then he uh, does he have that? Uh, uh. <laughs> no, then he don't have that. Oh yeah, no, Halaysalam don't. Uh, oh, doesn't mention dad name. Oh. <laughs> It's just not fair, Yad. This isn't fair. As Muslims, we are just disproportionately represented by, like, just, you know, like mentally retarded people. It's just unfair. Like, we're not... It's just, <laughs> They're slowing us down too much. Like, we need to kind of, like, cut them loose. Like, to say... <laughs> you guys are like the weight. You're, you're slowing us all down here. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like we're carrying an entire psych ward unit with us. What's this one say? Oh, 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 but Allah, oh yeah, Allah's all powerful, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well I suppose he <laughs> didn't give you a full working brain. <laughs> Although he could have. To be fair, he could have. In that must be some divine wisdom as well. God's like, you leave it, you just relax. You sit down, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. These other people, they've got this, you relax. Uh, right, so what's going on, people? What's going on? Sloth from the Goonies. 
Yasir Qadi's opinion on Ya'juj Ma'juj possibly being zombies. No way. Has he said that? <laughs> oh, I'd like to see that. Please send me that. I'd like to see. I've not I've not heard Yas Sheikh Yasir Qadi saying Ya'juj and Ma'juj are zombies. <laughs> this is where intelligent people make the religion look dumb. <laughs> this is when an intelligent person comes and says, don't worry, I got this. And they totally mess it up. <laughs> As a good friend of mine, Shaoban, would say, you know, for an intelligent guy. <laughs> so this is the thing. Ya'juj and Ma'juj, I have answered before that several ulama, including uh, Asadi and his Risala and other people have mentioned in my understanding, was simply about certain forces that would appear and send the, the, the world as it was known at a certain stage into disarray. Uh, they've interpreted that to mean like the way colonialization, uh, colonialism kind of just changed the world from what you knew it. Um, and to be fair, I, I'm kind of... Um, uh, I've read the, the article and I've read that interpretation. It makes sense to me. So, yeah, I mean, people don't need to agree with it. Uh, yep, yeah, he said a friend said it. Daniel Steve said he said a friend said it. <laughs> Did he say an intelligent friend said it? <laughs> oh, what else is going on, people? What else is going on? What else? In tra is training in self-defense that involves strikes to the face Head allowed, e.g. boxing, Muay Thai. Yes, of course, that's allowed. You can look, people, if you're doing sports, it's fine. You know, we know what sports is not seen as like attacking someone and beating someone up. Uh, even though there is physicality in both of them, but they are they're recognized by their con context. So it's fine. You can. Uh... <clears throat> <laughs> Somebody asked, "What happened to the Prophet Sallallahu father?" I don't, I don't know what, what what happened to his father. Meaning, as in he passed away. Uh, is that what you mean? I'm not sure what that what that means. Uh, your view on near death experience research by Bruce Grayson. Uh, I've got to check out his research. I have. In my last dialogue with um, Haris Sultan, actually, I did. I was checking if I had the book around here, but I haven't. But I did share a book uh, on consciousness beyond death, and that was a an interesting um, um, an interesting book. If you want to go through that, um, oh, somebody is asking. Right. Oh, the question is. Did the Prophet's father pass as an infidel? No, I don't believe that. No, not at all. I, you see, the Quran has a verse, And the belief of mainstream Sunnis, uh, which is the uh, Ash'aris and the Maturidis and people like that, is that, look, you have people of a fatra. Fatra does not mean fitra. Fitra is like people of nature. And fatra is people where it means this is with the ta and that's with the ta. Fitra and fatra. Fatra is of a an epoch, uh, an era of an age, and it's when there's no prophets or things like this. Uh, 
that then there's no liability like that. Um, I mean, we don't believe generally speaking, I don't, and neither do many Muslims that the, the parents of the prophet, um, are doomed or anything like this. We don't believe that. Right. So, Uh, somebody said it's not a big deal if somebody doesn't hold the view that Jesus was born through normal means. It's just I don't find the interpretation convincing. Sure, but uh, Nazam Ghafur, that's a good point. But the first question would be, you see, you're starting with a default position. Your position is already affirming something which doesn't exist. <laughs> so you're saying things like, okay, there's a virgin birth. I believe in it by default. The question is, then you're looking at, well, hmm, why should I not believe in it? Well, I mean, firstly, the first question would be because these things don't happen generally. Although that said, uh, I, I do understand that in other kind of creatures and things like this. Uh, but that's not what we're discussing right now. Um, the so asexual births and that and things like that reproduction does occur in some creatures. and But right now we're looking at... Uh, with within humans the sec second most important question you'd ask yourself is what is the purpose of a miracle what is the purpose and here you will find what you're looking for that there's no purpose to this like oh it's a miracle what's the purpose of it oh no it's just just if anything it's it's just it's just going to create trouble. If you're going to get a woman pregnant without a man, that's just going to be bad news for the woman because the Jews would have stoned Mary to death. So what is the purpose of this miracle? Because people say the purpose of a miracle is that is to prove God. But none, Mary never once said to the Jewish people that I gave birth as a virgin birth. She never said it once. It's not once mentioned in the Gospels, that Jesus was born without a father. Jesus never taught this in his own lifetime. As far as we know, we don't have any records, not Christian records or anything of Jesus ever saying that. The Jews around him would have thought, oh, wow, that's awesome. But they didn't because nobody ever said this. So the question is, what is the purpose of a miracle? And what was the purpose of that miracle then? And then you may say, well, look, but if Allah says it in the Quran, but he hasn't said it, you're inferring it. Right. So take a look at the verse. The verse actually, you see, the verses to do with the birth of Jesus, nobody takes them literally. Nobody read them about where it mentions how God it would say that. Oh, otherwise you'd believe God blew into the private part of uh, of Mary. Nobody believes that. They, that's the actual verse, you know. Uh, we blew into it, the, the vagina. Now that, nobody believes that, literally. They would just say this is metaphor of... Uh, so my point is, if you, if you don't believe literally anyway, in the actual <laughs> wording... Why are you so obsessed on the inference, which isn't even the actual wording? That's my point. Hope that makes sense. 
Right. Okay. Let's look at some other questions. A lot of Jesus questions coming up. <laughs> right. What else is going on, people? What else is going on? All right. So what else, people? Talk to me. Talk to me. Let's. Elizabeth is asking, how do you recommend somebody chooses a madhab? A madhab is simply the way that you will set about your foundations to pray and things like this. Uh, it's not obligatory, but it's the only way that makes sense. It's like saying, I want to learn, uh, you know, I want to learn law. You have to begin with the law of a particular region, a particular country. To say I want to learn all law simultaneously makes no sense. So madhabs are just, tr they are just schools that have lock down the living tradition in their interpretation so you have popularly the four madhabs the hanafi madhab the maliki which is known as the school of medina because it was in medina and inherited the practice of the prophet and then you've got the shafi madhab and the hanbali go on we'll let them in <laughs> they're always like the low class kind of <laughs> they're like they're like getting a free ride like they haven't actually paid <laughs> so you know many of the scholars didn't even really consider them a madhab they're like who 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 are you again oh oh humble humble ah oh, humbly okay so these are the four schools i would simply advise the school of medina the maliki madhab why so not only because it is the don madhab all right but also because it is uh, <coughs> You see, it inherited what was the living tradition of Medina. And it teaches us that this deen is built upon welfare, maslaha, and it's built upon the tradition. Uh, and it, it gives primacy also to the voice of reason. Now, the Hanafi madhab does also give primacy to the voice of reason, or it did so traditionally. But it doesn't go as far out when it comes to welfare, like the benefits and and things making always that they have to um, kind of meet the objectives, whereas the school of Medina does. So this is why I would. Um, and it's one of those schools that still has some liberty in it and freedoms. The other schools have become almost the Hanafi Madhab has become 100 percent institutionalized. Today, to be a Hanafi, it's it's almost it's just a prisoner. <laughs> it's so harsh so extremely uh, control freak and it is the method of Pakistan and places like this such a control freak mentality um, it would be a nightmare but I mean people obviously can choose it but uh, so yeah so that's why I would advise the school of Medina have you seen the pictures of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal uh, no <laughs> since he lived 1200 years ago <laughs> that's a bit like that you know there was that meme where it said where you, where you had a photograph of the world's first camera and it said this was the world's first camera and you can see this big thing and it said and somebody had written well well who took the picture then <laughs> so that's so obviously you gotta you gotta think about these things 
Right, so, all right, and yes, I do have some resources. Uh, I've got a basic fundamentals course uh, called the Ashmawiya. It's on YouTube. It's in six lectures. It is quite old, but hopefully it'll still cover. I've got uh, the Foundations of Islam, which is in 20 lectures by Qadi uh, Iyad, the Muslim Spanish scholar, which is in 20 lectures. These are both audio. I've got an audio lecture called the School of Medina in the 21st century. It's about two hours long, why it's important, it's relevant, uh, it's significant. So that's worth going through. And I also have a video on prayer, how to do the prayer. So it's performed um, in the masjid and I'm going through it. Cool. <clears throat> Imam Malik transmits four hadith on Dajjal. Did he believe in Dajjal? You see, the, the hadith that you're talking about are not... Uh, very clear on the entity of the Dajjal. So just because uh, there's a hadith about a dream, a dream does not necessarily, and just because Imam Malik is addressing a, a concept doesn't mean that, that, that whether he believed in that to be real or was that part of the folklore that people were discussing, we don't know. I mean, I would argue for the latter that it was just part of the folklore. Um, You're thinking of Diobandis and which translation of Tafsir is most accurate? It's really difficult to say because I don't actually read any English translations of Tafsir anymore. Um, for a very long, I haven't actually, apart from when I used to study, I went through Abdullah Yusuf Ali's and I thought it was fine. But nowadays, critics will find, you see, people will find problems with anything. You see, that's the, the issue. So... Um, thoughts on Imam Umar Suleiman saying jinn possession is proved by a verse in the Quran it isn't proved by any single verse in the Quran I mean what verse in the Quran you see when people say these things they need to bring clear conclusive proofs not just oh this verse implies something I think is talking about a demonic possession see demonic possession is stupid if you think about it What what is it that if you believe, let's say you believe in the Satan, Shaitan. Now, Shaitan himself doesn't have the power to make you move a single finger. He can only just give you negative thoughts. That's his capacity and he's the ultimate. He's the daddy of them all. How can these other jinns possess you and make you do things and commit murder and do all of this and, and even kill you? How can they do that? That, that goes against the verse of the Qur'an where Allah quotes the shaitan saying that I have no power over them besides just whispering. All right, guys, my Facebook Live has just gone off. I'm just trying to get it on here. Un momento, un momento. Let me just see. Right, live, if I can get onto this. Uh, all right, I've got a bit of an issue here. I think I know what it is. I think, let's see if it'll work. I'm going to try and just 
get the live going if I can. Un momento, uno. Right, okay. Just one moment, people. Sorry. Those of you on YouTube, I'm still live, but let's see. Bismillah. I think I've got it. Right, all right. Is we. All right, people, we're back. We're live. I gotta share. I gotta share this though. One moment. I think I know what it is. Sorry about that, people. Disconnected. Uh, I'm just sharing this again. I think I figured out what's what's happened. All right, lo siento, lo siento. All right, my apologies, people. Uh, Right, one moment, just sharing this. Right. Sorry about that, folks. You know what it is, it's my... Uh... It's not the internet. It's not the internet. Right. I get the internet fixed and then this happens. <laughs> right, I actually had the I had my whole internet broadband thing replaced. So I'm back with BT. So it's not the internet. I think what it is is that uh it's <laughs> I think it's my daughter <laughs> Zozo. I think Zara what she's done is I think she's downloaded uh loads of these um game programs so it's just taken up so much space so it time to time may just uh i think that's what's happened but anyway mm, lo siento bienvenidos welcome welcome right let's take a look at a few questions what you guys have been posting i'm back it's it's zara that's what she's done because <laughs> what it is is that because I've got an iPad Pro and it's the extra large one. Uh, so she's got an iPad, and but she doesn't like her own iPad because it's just normal size. She likes this one. <laughs> uh, all right, Sheikh Adam Kelwick is in the house. Ahlan wa sahlan, ahlan wa sahlan, people. Sheikh Adam doing great work, trying to help uh a lot of the unfortunate people in Yemen, um, those of you that do have an opportunity, do check uh, Sheikh Adam's page out, some of the efforts, the humanitarian projects. Uh, it really is heartbreaking to see what's going on. But, um, you know, may Allah make things easy for each and all. Rahizi is in the house. Look at that, shut down again. Ah, oh, this is too... 
This is too uh, annoying. <laughs> what shall I do? Shall I do a third attempt or nah or leave it or... Uh, mm, mm, what shall I do? Let me check. Actually, I can try. What if I... I don't... I think I might have to... Yep, that's definitely it. Figured it out. Hmm. There you go. Guys, I'm going to have to wrap that short, I think, because I don't know what... It's just going to keep on shutting on me until... Unless... One more. I'll tell you what. One last try. Let's see this. Let's see if I can... Let's see, unless I could quickly find. Ah, oh, come on. Mm -hmm. Wait, see, the other, the problem is I don't use, you see, I don't use an iPhone or an iPad. I'm so slow at trying to figure out with uh, where the things are because I don't use it ah oh, damn and if I did I'd be a lot more quicker because if this was a Samsung I'd know exactly where to go now and what to do but I'm thinking where the hell is this thing stored in well there it is right okay um Can't you just mm -hmm. do I have to? I think I'm gonna have to just oh wait there. Maybe I can Nope. I think I'm just gonna have to wrap this up, people. Sorry. Lo siento, lo siento people. Maybe later on during this week. Guys, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Take very good care of yourselves. Till next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.